0: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Season two, episode two, 2023, coming at you with Everybody Needs a Nudge. Uh, I got Rupia with me. Say hello, Rupia. Hi. Oh, you usually say hello, Rupia. (laughs) Not today. No, you're changing it up. (laughs) Switching it up. (laughs) And we got this week's guest, Robert Nichols. Say hello, Robert. Hello, hello. Robert Nichols here. Yeah, so Robert is uh, one of the originators here at at Crowdlending and uh, been
1: with us for how long? Since 2018. Wow, 2018. So you came on early. I came on early. I was broken at first, and I think it was official 2019, like end end of 2018 officially.
0: So going on four years here. You got it. Wow. So so Robert is um Robert is all things real estate, as I like to say. He does a little bit of everything. You can see from his hat, Robert Nichols Companies. He's got a brokerage. He does some uh, obviously does some originating for us. He does his own house flips. He does his own developments. He does educational classes. Um, got he's got a really great um, online presence. Um, do a little bit of everything. Jack, jack of all trades when it comes to real estate.
1: Trying to be, man. Just want to add value and empower folks who want to get in the game. Which
0: I love. Which I love. And we'll get into that and sort of how you got where you are. Um, we went over sort of the format. So we just talk. You know, we're gonna cover some things that are going on in my life. Uh, and Rupia's life, and and uh, you know, how's things with you, Rupia? They're great. Yeah. Yeah. Roommate's doing great. Roommate's doing great. Yeah. So, so a little backstory. Do you know that she,
1: she lives with her boyfriend, but they also have a roommate. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's the the friends thing, right? Like yeah. the Friends show. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. the Friends show. Yeah. <laughs> The new model, man, it's not well, affordable out here. You got to make it work. That's right. So he's living. He's the basement
0: dweller. <laughs> he's like he's like Root uh long lost son. let you is, know that. Really, he <laughs> is, truly. Love it.
1: So with that, everything's going good down there. Going well. Yeah, it's great. All right. So I'm back in the gym. You're a big workout guy, right? I am. I was in there this morning. TMX Boxing. Got to give him the shout out. There we go. That's this week's sponsor, TMX. Chris Ryan. Hit where's, him up. Where's he at? T- right in Quincy. All right. Yeah, right in Quincy, man. They're uh, local. Right down the street from so here. So what time in the morning do you do that? So pre-kids, I used to get up at 5 a.m. every day. Yeah. I was in the gym by 5.15 getting it in. <laughs> now with four kids and all of the hustle and bustle that comes with that, I drop them off first, and then I head over there by like 7.38. So you take them to school? Uh, bus stop. We got to bring bus, them to the bus okay. stop.
0: All up. right. Then they hop the bus, and, yes. and they go over to the, all of them at Dexter? All of them at Dexter. So you they go it. they go over to Dexter, <clears throat> and they get bused back in the in the afternoon. You got it. That's nice. That's because it's tough to get to Dexter. You can't get there from here.
1: It is. There's no highway access. You're driving through the city. You're hitting Mattapan, JP, and all the traffic. No thanks.
0: Yeah, all the all the the round you know the rotaries. rotaries. It's crazy. <laughs> it
1: is, man. And when they miss the bus, it's hell. <laughs> it just it's an hour out of my day lost. Yeah, <laughs> Your gym time. That's right. It's my gym time. You yeah. got it. And yeah. they, and I tell them in the car they they don't forget it. Like guys, come on. This is my hour. Like I need this. Yeah. So. So are you actually boxing? What? Yeah, so I, I usually do like one on one training with uh Chris and then we'll sometimes we'll do some sparring and stuff like that. Really? Very light. Not not nothing too aggressive, you know what I mean? I gotta I gotta get to work and make sure uh you know I can get these loans done and get these deals done. you so. don't wanna mess up that pretty face, Robert. <laughs> uh, you got it.
0: Right? Can't be coming in here with a black eye. <laughs> If you see me like that, just ask about the other guy. Yeah, that's right. I'm that, telling you, that, that's it. Yeah, you should see the other guy. I feel like that's something my father would have said back in the day. Yep. Yeah, you should see the other guy. That's it. I feel like that's something you would say. Right. <laughs> that's kind of what I meant. Um, so so I watch shows, uh, you know, I, and I watch. There's a there's one particular show that I really like. It's called Aerial America, uh, and it's on the Smithsonian Channel. And I I I reference it all the time. And, so this week they did, uh, and it's this is pretty timing because of Martin Luther King Day just you know just passed on Friday. So they did, and they they probably timed it up, but they did, um, they did Maryland and Texas. Okay, so I watched them back to back. I think it was Sunday morning. My life has changed dramatically because my kids are now getting older, so I don't have any sports super early in the morning anymore. As the kids get older, especially with hockey. As, and, and we'll get into your son. Your son's a big soccer player, right? Yes. As And I don't know if this works the same way, but as your kids get older, the games get later in the day, right? They kind of reserve those early morning slots for the 6 and 7 and 8 and 9 years old.
1: Same thing in soccer? Soccer's a little different. Uh, it's The younger kids go earlier in the afternoon. Okay. And then the older kids go late into the evening. Go,
0: okay. All yeah. right. Is that for games or practice? For, what about for yeah. games on the weekend?
1: Games on the weekends, the older kids get preference. They yeah, get we pe- go we, we go like midday. The younger kids are always earlier. Always yeah. okay.
0: Yep. So so um they did the Texas one and the, and they focused on Galveston, Texas, which which I guess was before Houston was like the the, the main hub of, of Texas. Mm. Because they had water access all over the place. Um but What I thought was interesting was the first time that the Emancipation Proclamation was read in Texas was in Galveston. And they showed the building, like they show the building, right? And then they do a little narrative, like, you know this is the building you know when they did the other part of texas like they did J- jfk's assassination like this is the building that the, the you know the, the gunman was in so they said oh this was the building and this is the balcony where they first read the Emanci- emancipation proclamation but it was 2 years after it was signed in mm. and and texas didn't even know the slaves in Texas didn't know they were free until two years after they were free. I
1: believe it. That's crazy. Yeah. That was crazy to me. Lack of education, guys. Yeah so, yeah. so
0: just, I mean, but again, that's 18, when is that? I don't even, I should know that. 1865 or something, right? So yep. you can't just, you're not just texting your buddy <laughs> like, hey, man. <laughs> we're free. <laughs> we're free. Yep. You, um, yeah, exactly. You no, know, it, it just took that long for that news to travel there. Yep. Um, but I do my workouts is what i was saying and so i go in here in the gym and i jump on the peloton or i jump on uh the tread you know what not a treadmill what's it called elliptical the elliptical and i go for walks so i did italy Ooh. yeah Ooh, Nice. yeah so i started in P- have you ever been to italy have not have been you to been italy to yet. europe yet at all I
1: five times six times it's the kid my, my son soccer that's the the soccer capital of the world Re- so you're tra- hold on a second yeah you're traveling to europe Yep. For your how old's your son? So my son is now uh fifteen. He'll so but he's
0: pretty accomplished player, right? He is, yeah. yeah. He's
1: top top of his game. You know, he's he's in the highest league you can be in, in this in this area in the country. So yeah. I was driving in
0: here today,
1: uh, listening
0: to ten thirty, which you know, on AM radio, which my daughter makes fun of me all the time because <laughs> a. M. she's Old like, what is this? <laughs> what is this, this nonsense? Right. And by the way, it's all like bad news after bad news <laughs> after bad news, right? Yep. So she'll be, I'll be driving her in and, sh- and she'll be like, Dad, we already heard this. Because it's just <laughs> a loop, you know? Yep. Um, but they were interviewing um a guy from the New England Revolution who runs the youth program. Was your son involved in that?
1: That is my son's coach. That's your son's the guy coach. Who runs the youth program from the Revs? Yeah, Rob Becerra. Yeah, that's my son's coach. Yeah, okay. He also coaches my son Jay's group. Yeah, he usually the director doesn't coach, but he just had took a liking to these kids and stuck with them.
0: So you've got two kids in that program? Just
1: one. Just one. Just one. Yeah, your oldest. My oldest. Yes. Okay. Yep. So
0: they, they were talking about, uh, and we should probably, we should get him on the show because we we'll find out how he ended up where he is because they have two kids. That a assi- already signed contracts or are playing pro? Does that sound correct? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Noel Buck and Esmere. Yeah, those are my son's buddies. Yeah, yeah. They they are, they already signed. Like they're like seventeen now, a couple years older than my son. Okay. Signed with the first team, making money. Really? Yep. So they're signed with the New England Revolution men's team. So yes. it's like a farm
0: system. That's what they're trying to build.
1: They farm them to the Revs, and then after they get to Revs first team, then they sell them to Europe. That's typically what happens. So like we were first in the league, not this past season, but the prior season. We sold three of our players for almost $30 million bucks in transfer fees, and then we, we kind of fell to the bottom of the league again, but that's the game for, for MLS. They're, they're really looking to uh, leverage the system where these owners can, can make a killing.
0: So those those three had already established themselves as professionals with the New England Revolution. Correct. You're not saying the kids coming out of the program year one to be no, sold? No, not though. year okay. one.
1: No, though, these guys, one of them was from college, another one was an international player, and then one was an American player, Matt Turner. He was a goalkeeper. He was homegrown, not with the Reds, with another program, but... He ended up uh, coming here, and then uh, after a couple of seasons, they, they got him over to Europe, yeah. So
0: you're—we're uh, a little off track, but that's fine. Your that New England Revs junior team, whatever—what do they call that? What's the what? uh, Revs
1: Academy. Revs Academy. So yep. Revs Academy, who do they play? So they play other Revs Academies throughout the country. So my son travels, like, every other weekend. He'll be in New York. He'll be in Connecticut. He'll go down to Florida— um, and they're all run by the New England Revolution. They're all run by the local MLS team. Okay. So all of these are MLS okay. clubs, and then they, you have some spin off teams as well, who are in the program just so we can play local games. Yep. That also, those kids are in the same system, but it's not this, you know, not quite the same. They're kind of like the next tier down.
0: Okay. So yeah. So I'm going to equate it kind of to hockey. There's like an elite. Te- so like my son plays in the in the Bay State Breakers. My daughter as well. There's also there's it, it, it's not as it's not as centralized. Like the Bruins don't have, the Bruins don't have anything to do with the youth hockey programs, right? But there's right. a whole. But you're saying there's an elite team, and then there's kind of like the Tier One
1: team. Exactly, and the big difference with soccer guys is you don't typically have the NCAA pathway to Europe. Okay. The pathway to Europe right now is is usually controlled by academy, so it goes from academy to first club, to then once you're in the first, you know, first team in the club. Then it opens up the pathway to go to the next level of, of soccer, wherever that may be, whether it's Europe or Spain, you know, uh, Spain or England, right? Depending on you know which league or Germany, those are usually the top three leagues you want to get into.
0: So, the path for your son is either that path that you just described, if he's good enough, and I don't know Correct. if he is, and and,
1: and or college or college. So, what happened last year since Rob took over, every kid who was of college age on the team either went pro or went D1 with a full ride. Every single kid. You're kidding me. No, and, and now, like, the team my son's on, the pathway is most of the kids are on the pro pathway, and then, you know, obviously, college would be the backup, essentially. Amazing. College yeah. is now the backup. Which is kind of nuts, yeah. And, and I never would have thought that coming up, raising my kid his whole life, you're going to college, but if you have the opportunity to play first team and potentially make it to Europe, you, you only get your youth once. Yeah. You got to take advantage of that. So,
0: so. If I'm hearing you right, your son, and we keep calling you son. What's your son's name? Tito. Tito.
1: Tito. 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 Yeah. Robert. Tito. Robert, Tito. He's Robert the Third, but you, you know Robert Tito, you, you, so we you, call him Tito. You yep. I like yep. that. I love yep.
0: that. Tito. That's I it. I like, even like the way he says it. He says <laughs> it better than you know. Said so it with the Spanish just accent. Just like so smooth, right? Like <laughs> I would not like, what? him. What's his name? Tito. <laughs> right. right. I'm married to a Mexican. Tito. Right. <laughs> right. He's so smooth. I've had a lot of practice. Yeah, yelling at him. <laughs> Clean up your room. So yep. for for Tito, his his path, his path right now that you're, that he's working towards is that first team, correct? Then Europe.
1: Then then your first team, and then Europe. You know, it may take two three years of playing in the system before he's ready to make the leap. Yeah, you know, but yeah, that that is the pathway that he wants to go, and, and he's on that track. So
0: that's well, that's exciting.
1: It is, yeah. That's so. How many? So he when is he? When can he play pro? Could he play pro now if he's good enough? He can play pro now here in the MLS. He can't go to Europe typically until he's eighteen. Okay, you have to be of working age over there. Okay, the but little, but little if adult. but if
0: he's good enough, he can go play for the for for the Oh yeah, he right can now. play
1: first team reps right now. I mean, the right now they they are there's conversations about him moving to the. Uh, division 2 team so the second second men's just team. just below just below the first so the a,
0: so again i i i live in the hockey world right so that's like the AHL which is like NHL AHL yeah and then kind of there's a whole bunch Correct. of it, below that
1: that that's the conversation right now to try to figure out cuz the difference with him a lot of the kids on his team they don't go to school anymore <laughs> yeah all these kids they a lot of the, this is an amazing education this is yeah. by, by the way and i say this
0: <laughs> i think i say this every time i sit down for this podcast so we've been working together for four or five years. Like, right. I'm learning all this new stuff about you, and your, I love it. We're I are just, just running
1: and ripping, Dan, doing <laughs> deals, man. We don't have time to talk about the other stuff. So <laughs> most of the kids are homeschooled. No, so they're all online school. So what happens? What happened was uh, when this whole Revs and, and this MLS Academies came up, the, they basically are pooling kids from all over the country. So half of my son's teammates are not from Massachusetts. Okay, They board in Foxborough. Um, they have a whole residence program for them, and then is they, it on
0: the is it on the campus at, at no, uh, you know some, you know what I'm talking about? The yeah, B, yeah.
1: Some of some of them are like Philly has one where it's like right enclosed and in, 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 in within the the club. Whereas oh. us, it's houses. They have houses in Foxborough where the kid where the kids live. So we got kids from California, Florida, and are and
0: they boarding places. with with families like yeah. host families? Correct. They're boarding
1: with host families usually affiliated with the team in some capacity. Got it. Okay. Yep. And right. then uh, what happens there is for schooling, they either do online school on their own in the house or there's another spinoff program by another guy who's affiliated with Revs loosely called COE Center of Excellence up in Lawrence. Okay, so they'll bus a bunch of those kids up to Lawrence every day to go to a soccer school. Yeah, so there's there's a lot. Yeah, that that's like that's the pathway. Amazing. Yeah, so they, that's crazy. Yeah, so these kids are playing there and going here. They wanted my son to do it, but we we want him to finish at Dexter because if, if there's one thing we can give him, it's a great high school education, especially. If he decides to go pro and, and maybe do college later, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, because Dexter's a uh, an incredible school. So she, so he's in school seven, uh, you know, to a regular school day. Correct. I mean, he must be pulling him out at times to do oh, some yeah. stuff. And they and they understood, but you, he's you not playing it. any Dexter sports.
1: You can't they? Know M L S will not allow it. They do not Whoa. allow the kids to play school sports. Are you? Are you,
0: and I, I don't want to get too personal, but are
1: you paying for him to go there or do they pay you? I'm, I'm paying him to go for him to go there. Now, if he played there, we could probably get a scholarship. No, 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 no. Forget about Dexter. Yep. Forget about Dexter. Oh, Revs. Yeah, Revs. Yeah. No, no. They, all the kids is free. They, it's they, free. They, so they, they handpick them. They handpick kids. And this, this is why, like, you know, back in the day, the reputation of soccer was that it was a white elite sport, right? Yeah. Pay to play the whole nine. And that's how right. it used to be. But once the clubs got into the mix, they only want the best. Right. So his team is totally diverse. Kids from all, you know different parts of the country, different races, dis- different backgrounds. It truly is a representation of who the best are in the region and who they can attract. Doesn't
0: matter, team. white, black, brown. Doesn't, doesn't matter.
1: We got it all. We got kids from Dorchester on the team, kids from Newton on the team, and, and everywhere in between. That's all. That's great. Yeah, it is. It is. But
0: that's a t- and tough balance for him between school and 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 this. It I mean, is. This is a full time job. It sounds. It like. is.
1: And and there's days, guys, where he's just done. Yeah, it's exhausting. And it's on us as parents to really manage that and make sure it's getting enough rest and, and speaking with the coaches, speaking with the teachers to just make sure everyone's on the same page. But it's a lot.
0: Yeah, that is a lot. Yep. Um, I don't even know how we got there. Oh, because Europe. <laughs> yeah. So, so so you travel to Europe because I, of the soccer.
1: I've been there many times for soccer, man. It, it's been eye-opening because the thing that people don't realize about soccer is that at this age, like 15, 16, 17, U.S. teams, we, we can compete with any international team. They don't dominate. Like recently... One of my son's teammates on the U17 national team, they tied England. Yeah, but what happens is because Europe's pathway to the pro is is a lot more established and developed. Those kids, once it's time for them to go into the second division and, and you know third division teams over there, they're developing a lot faster than in, in our second division, and that's where the gap.
0: That's and then that's why they get so much
1: better. Correct, and that's what COE is trying to bridge that gap. That's a, and they
0: call it center, center of, of excellence. excellence
1: yeah yeah it's a great program you yeah. they they also have a spin off of that called pro project it's run by the same guys but yeah. but kids who don't want to go can't go to the COE program cuz it's limited um they have pro project for everyone else and that's after school got it and they do that every like 7 days a week guys they got weight training you can kind of pick and choose what sessions you want to go to it's uh, it's pretty interesting guys that is interesting yeah. but it's a full time job for these kids and right. you know there's got to be some
0: concern I would think that they're kind of missing out on a little bit of the high school experience.
1: That's the downside, Dan. Yeah, the social side. It's yeah. it's their experience is very different. And this is why we really want our son to at least have that in some capacity in just it. yeah. being a high school just from, from you know, just socially, so he develops.
0: Yeah. Yep. That's important because if you're it sitting is. there staring at a computer and then you get up and go play with a soccer ball and that's all you ever do. Correct. You're not gonna learn any life skills and God yep. forbid you got injured or it didn't work out. That's I mean it. Yep. You know, um, yep. But but you're okay. I mean, I guess you. Ha- I mean, he's going to be making money, right? Because if he does get sold to, if he does get sold to Europe, he's going to be making dough over there.
1: Correct. Even if he's on the first team here, he'll he'll make a decent salary. You know, at least six figures. You know, as a
0: 18 year old kid.
1: Correct. Those two kids that signed, I don't know what their contracts are, but I know they're probably over a hundred grand because they got both of them got signed early, and I believe they were making eighty grand when they were sixteen, both of them. Wow. Yeah, Play, playing. right Exactly. Like Mary Lou's sixteen <laughs> year old kid. Yeah, making it eight bucks an hour. <laughs> Right, working for tips. <laughs> right, it blew my mind, but they they did they did have contracts early. Yeah, which wow, is nuts. Yep.
0: Well, let let's back it up a little bit here. I think we yep.
1: got we got a little bit ahead of
0: ourselves, but oh, um, good man, that's okay. So Robert Nichols, um,
1: where did it all start? Where where did you grow up? I grew up in Dorchester, born and raised. I lived in Roxbury for a little bit as well in my life, and uh, it all started then you know very with i guess we go way back We're Yeah, like, no no right? go i want to yeah. go back to like who who did you your brothers and sisters i did i did i i even go back further so my family is originally from the caribbean my grandfather came here and fought in world war II uh when he was 19 years old from barbados okay and that's that was his pathway to citizenship F- fighting uh, uh, be, uh being in the uh, army in the navy in the navy in the navy, in the navy. In the navy yeah he, he actually turned 103 2 days ago still alive still alive and, and oh, kicking my man God. and and, and ticking well man Fully co- coherent. We can have a conversation just like this with him. Man, really? Nuts. Yeah. So I, I pray I get those genes. But, yeah.
0: Uh, that I mean, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he, he came here and uh, moved to Cambridge after the war and, and met my grandmother, whose family was from Barbados as well. And uh, they had 11 kids. Were they like,
0: was there like a, a Barbados community that they got it. both, okay.
1: You know how it goes when, yeah, when immigrants yeah. came to America, right? The story's all the same. You go yeah. with your relatives, your cousins, your aunts, yeah. your uncles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where folks are. So that that was a huge, there was a huge Bayesian population in Cambridge. Okay. So he joined that and uh, met my grandmother at church. And uh, the families knew each other already, and, and they had 11 kids. My dad was number six out of 11, the middle child. 11 kids. 11 kids back oh, in the day. my God. I don't know how we did it. I got four, and I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, a, he, was a, he was a postman, He was, and then he had a tailor shop, both at the same time. That's okay. Cool. And he used to be, I found out recently, he used to be the guy going around the neighborhood fixing people's houses and all of that. So he
0: was doing anything there in a dollar.
1: I, I, I think, man. That's where I get it from, I guess, yeah. man. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it, it uh, trickled down to me, but- yeah, so my my dad, uh, he ended up meeting my mom in Cambridge as well. So, so is that
0: way? So, where, so he, they stayed in Cambridge and raised the eleven kids. They
1: stayed in Cambridge and raised the eleven kids, and one of my aunts still lives in in that house to this very to this day. day. She bought it for my grandparents and still lives there. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. So we have Thanksgiving there every year. So you go back and, uh, every year. to oh, yeah, stay, yeah. That's yeah. that's awesome. Yep. Yep. So a lot a of, lot of history, a lot of family, and uh, it's you, know, you got eleven aunts and uncles or you know, ten. Plus, your dad makes 11. Yeah. a lot of family around, guys. All the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Lots absolutely. Of cu- everybody's your cousin. That's right. <laughs> you go to City Hall, you go to 1010, you go here, you go like, hey, there's your cousin. There's your cousin, <laughs> yeah. man. It's crazy.
0: Stop yeah. thinking you're lying. Like, no way. <laughs> they can't all be your cousins. But you could have upwards of 30, 40 cousins.
1: No, I, I do. Because all of my aunts and uncles had kids, every yeah. one of them. And then, you know, they had kids' kids. And then not to mention you know, my grandmother's siblings and grandfather's siblings and their kids who were locally. You right. Know, and then, right. you know, their nephews and nieces. You just so. steal everybody. Correct, man. It's kind of nuts, but it, it <laughs> definitely I helps. I yeah. love it,
0: too. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. No, it's helped us. It's, yep. uh, it's helped us in business for sure. Yep. So
1: what do you have for brothers and sisters? So my mom and dad met in Cambridge and had two kids, just me and my uh, sister, Lydia, who we both grew up in Dorchester and then my parents split when I was eight, and my mom had two more kids. So I have another brother and sister, okay. half brother sister, that are 10 years behind me.
0: T- so, another, so 10 years behind So that's yeah. another, I, I have a, my oldest brother is 11 years older than me. Yep. So it's hard to get to know them as you're growing right. up. It's right?
1: totally different. Like yep. they were in New York too. So, like, yeah, I didn't yeah. really get to know them until they were in their 20s, and one of my sisters came here to go to Northeastern yep. and live with us. So, yep. I, then I finally you got, to, got know to get to know her, which yeah. is great. Yeah, and that's, great
0: that's similar to, you know, yep. my parents didn't split, but my brother and my brother went to private school, he went to Milton Academy. Uh, so he was gone at fourteen. I was three, right? You know, and then he went to Boston College and on, on, on and on to New York, and he moved back when he was like thirty, right? <laughs> and I was—that's yeah. when I really got to know him. I yep. mean, I knew him, right? But not knew him, knew him. Correct. Um, and that was, you know, that's what twenty-five, twenty-six
1: years ago. So, so. You, your family moves from Cambridge to Dorchester? My dad, yeah. So he moved from Cambridge to Dorchester. A few of my uncles, they actually started buying some real estate in Dorchester. Okay. And uh, we, where I was born, it was a triple six family actually owned by my dad and my uncle. Okay. Yeah, and, and that was kind of, they got in and- Kind of got hit by the crash of the 80s and sold everything off, and my dad never really got back into it.
0: Got it. Yep. So he put He dipped his toe in kind right. of at the wrong time. Correct. And what was his profession, your dad?
1: My dad was a union electrician since the age of 18. So
0: 103 yep. over Local here? Local 103. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I they got an uncle. that. Th- those, those are tough guys. Oh, yeah, 100%. Local 103 yep. guys are tough, tough guys. They they it. work, and
1: they're tough. Yep. Um. So do you go to Boston Public Schools? I did. I went to John D. O'Brien. Aka Boston Tech. They had changed the name, I think, like three or four years before I got there. Okay. And uh, after going to uh, O'Brien, I went to left and went to University of Connecticut. And um, but you actually, played sports. I did. So in high school, I played. I ran track and I played football. And then I wanted to to go D one. Right. I had a bunch of like D three offers for football. D, you for mean. football, yeah. yeah D three yeah. and D two offers, which I'm like, you know what? I, I believe in my abilities. I know I can play D one. You know, my coach actually said he's like he told my best friend. He's like, you can play D1, but Rob would never play D1. And I don't even really? know why he said it. Because, you know, he knew like what my goals were. And he never really believed in me, right? The co- that, your football coach. That, my high school football coach never believed in what me. What position were you? I played, you know, in high school, you played both sides, sides of the ball. Yeah. So I, I was a defensive back and I I played running back. Okay. Yeah. And it, I would never get plays called. And, like, never, never really got had the a ball. chance to, to do anything, right? So I, I had a few interceptions, pick sixes and stuff like that. And uh, when we play a bump team, he'd let me carry the ball. But he never, you know, gave me a shot when it, when it counted most. So... So um, yeah.
0: that's amazing, right?
1: Yeah. It's crazy. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Like regardless of yeah. what you think, I know what I'm capable of. So I went to UConn and walked on and, So you walked on at UConn. And, and made the So team. there's a so yeah. so we
0: obviously the sh- name of the show is Everybody Needs a Nudge, right? So right. try to that that's like a his negative behavior was a nudge for you.
1: Exactly. Right? It motivated yeah. you. Correct.
0: To go and say, you know, essentially, you know, hey, go pound sand buddy. I
1: I can play at this level. Correct. And I was the only kid from my team that did. Really? The only one. No did one you, else. Was the team any good? What's that? UConn? No, no. Oh, no high school? Yeah, the high we we were okay. We the next year they actually went to the Super Bowl. Without once with you left. We so maybe left. the coach was right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, yeah, we yeah, had stink, a great team. <laughs> I mean, we're going Super Bowl. <laughs> we had a great team. We really did. We we yeah. came close, but we didn't quite make it. But the next year, you know, it, we, they edged us out, man. Yeah. The easier competition.
0: Yeah, that's right. All the good players <laughs> were gone. Right. They all went to D one. So you walk, why did you choose UConn?
1: I'll be honest, like at the time, I really didn't know what I wanted to do then, and um, I was doing my research, I had to look at what my family could afford, but I wanted to go out of state, I just wanted a fresh start, you know, as a kid growing up in the inner city, you know, I I had seen enough of the same thing, man, it was like, you know, and I knew there was more out there, Yeah. so I really wanted to go to USC, you know, back in the day, but yeah, there was no way. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> and, and I, I could have got it. I had the grades and everything to So get you did into. well in school? I did well in school, okay. yeah. Yeah, I was always a good student. And uh, Did you, you know, have to work at it, or did it come easy to you? It, honestly, Dan, it, it came easy. Yeah. I won't lie, because college was didn't come easy, and I'll get into that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I had to get get my ass in gear. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to go to USC, but the reality was, you know, my on a union electrician salary, me trying to even get a plane ticket back and forth right? And having support and then looking at the tuition with the financial aid packages, it just wasn't going to work. So, yeah. I settled on something I could get back and forth, you know, driving you could on drive the bus. drive to, yeah, on you the bus. It. Yeah. So I, I went to UConn. It was the number one public university at the time. Um, tuition was pretty affordable, and because again, for a kid who didn't know what he wanted to do, I wasn't going to go into a ton of debt at that right. time or put my parents in debt. Right. You know, just kind of messing around. Uh, but yeah, so I went. Which there a lot of people of do. Yeah, yeah. I was not that. Kid, but that's man. a pretty yeah. again.
0: That's a pretty that's a pretty heady way to think, right? Yep. A lot of kids would just say, "Well, I'm, i I want to go here, and we're gonna whatever we got to pay, we'll pay it," and we will yep. going to debt, and I'll I'll figure that out later.
1: Correct, right? Man. But you had
0: the foresight to not do that.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think it was you know at that during that era, like I think in general, especially families with without a lot of money, we were just very price sensitive and price conscious of things. You always all, are looking all the time, at the price, you mean. right? All the time, in everything yeah. we did. So there's another yeah. little nudge
0: in life, right? Correct. It just sort of the surroundings made you cost cost conscious. Always, you got it, it. and it, and and it affected your decision on where you went to school. Yep, correct. You so, got it you, so you go to UConn. Yep. Um, which, by the way, you're the second UConn grad to be on the on the podcast. Mike Flaherty also went to UConn. Mr. Nice. Hockey.
1: Good <laughs> Mr. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you go to UConn and you, yep. and you walk on. I walked on. Try it out for me and another kid. Because I, what happened was initially I was kind of like, uh do, am I gonna do this? And I'm like, you know what? Just go for it. Yeah. So I didn't come when I should have to try out. So I actually had like a, a one on one try with another kid who who wanted to try when we when the regular kids came to camp. So you
0: didn't go like in the spring or something. I somewhere. didn't go early. Okay. No, okay. no. Got so it.
1: me and this kid, we went and had to do like a one on one trial with uh, one of the trainers. Man, it was intense. It was hell, but I'm like, I, one way or the other, if I'm going to do this, I'm, I'm getting in here. So right. I, and I, I, the other kid didn't make it, but I made it. The other kid didn't and make the it. The other kid didn't make it. Yeah. 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 So it was I was a great experience. You know, I, I was on the team up until my sophomore year. And uh, I realized at that point, I, you know, I had my girlfriend and I were kind of on the rocks. She's like, you're not spending enough time with me. Wasn't the right decision in hindsight, man. You well. got to have the right woman <laughs> by your side. Yep. But uh, I ended up after my sophomore year, just kind of saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to hang it up and just focus on my studies and getting out of here and. Figuring out what I want to do with my life after well, that. Well,
0: I think that happens to a lot of people because the commitment of a division, of any college athlete,
1: is tremendous. Yeah, 40 hours a week. And I because I walked on, I wasn't on scholarship. I could have earned a scholarship, I believe, by my junior, senior year, because there were kids on the team. I was better than them that yeah. were starters by senior year. Yeah. You know, so it was one of those situations where if I had stuck with it, I think I would have done really well. But while I was on the team, guys, I was working too. Yeah. Because I didn't have, I needed income. Right. You're, you're actually not allowed to work. So I was kind of sneaking and working 20 hours a week at Stop and Shop while I was at UConn, guys. So you're working at yeah. Stop
0: and Shop 20 hours a week. You're right. playing football. Like, that, there, that, it that's was like
1: f- 40 hours a week right. of And then you're going activity. to class. And then you're going to class. So it was a lot. It was really a lot. Yeah, yeah. you don't even have time to, to be social. Correct. I mean, that, that's you got 80 hours. Of, <laughs> gone. Uh, gone. Right? You By the time it, you then, yeah. turn
0: around to be social, you got to go to bed because you got to go back to work or you got to go back to football. 100%. Yeah. Okay. And, and
1: one, of, one of the coaches saw me working there once, and he could not believe it. He's like, how the hell are you doing this? Like, really? with everything else we do here. He didn't say anything. He was one of the trainers. Yeah, you know, but he was just stunned. He was like, what the hell? Like, oh my right. goodness! Like, you know, I didn't know you were doing this, man. I keep it between us, but I don't, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, so yep. nothing's changed. <laughs> Right. Exactly. I guess not, Amy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I try to cram, cram We a don't lot know who Amy stuff, is on this we show. Go, there we go. <laughs> Who's where, sorry, Amy? Who is Amy? Where she at? Oh man. <laughs> so so you I mean you were working eighty hours in, in college, essentially. I was, between yeah. between academics, sports and then and then uh stop and shop. And then you stay at Stop and Shop for a while, Correct. right? So, so I, did you, yep. you graduated
1: from UConn. I did. While I was at UConn, I was in an internship program with Stop and Shop. Um, through a program in Boston called Bottom Line, which helps kids get into college, helps you get a job, and helps you start your career. So you intern, and then you know, hopefully it's a pathway to your career. Yep. Um, so I had that relationship through Bottom Line, and a great organization, by the way. Look them up. They do a lot for the industry. Bottom you know,
0: Line, another great little yep. nudge in your Bottom life. BottomLine.org,
1: right 100%. That was a right. great nudge. They literally changed the trajectory of my life. No, R- no question really? about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just with, like, if you go back to me in high school, you know, my, neither of my parents went to college then. Yeah. You know, my dad was a, an electrician. My mom was a hairstylist and in early childhood education. And I was the first in my family to go to college and graduate. Yep. So in my immediate family, my aunts and uncles, they, they all went to college and stuff. But, um, you know, my dad did go, but he didn't finish. Because yep. okay. it wasn't for him. Yep. It wasn't for him. But um, bottom line really helped just streamline the process, SAT prep. You know, I was a smart kid, but I, I need you gotta prep. You still gotta put in the yeah, work, so you know they, what I mean. They focused you in. They focused me in. They helped me with financial aid, filling out the FAST forms and all the applications and waivers and all of that. So yeah, yeah that that was huge. And well, then, they gave
0: you the guidance that you needed if you if you have a parent or, or a guardian that's not experienced in exactly. that world. Yep. Bottom line was able to help you out with that they, stuff. They
1: bridged that gap for so many inner city high school yeah, students. Wow. Yeah, and they still do it to today. It started with I was the... Second class to graduate, it was like probably like 30 of us in there. Now they have helped thousands of kids That's, every year. Oh,
0: wow, what a story.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's a great, great group, great organization. But they also got me into Stop and Shop, where when I graduated from college, I was one of the few kids in my class that had a job ready to go. Okay. And uh, so I started off there as a store manager, or assistant store manager. And then after three years of being in the stores, they transitioned me to logistics and warehousing. And yeah. then after that, I spent another three or four years in the corporate headquarters here in Quincy. Okay. Yeah. So that was your career path. That was the path. And I was on the fast track. I was one of the people. They told me, like, if you stick around and and here's your path, like, to to the executive level. But along the way, man, I I got the real estate itch. Yeah. You know, one of my buddies who was my coworker there, one time we had, like, our our meeting. This was my second year at the company. The kid walks in. You know, I'm, like, 22 years old, right? He's, like, a little older than me. He's, like, 25. Comes in with like a three-piece suit, with the vest, <laughs> everything, with the briefcase, and all of us addressing our, you know, our regular stuff, and uh, you know, the the manager who was running the meeting is like, man, you look like a million bucks, buddy. What's going on? He's like, nah, nothing, man. I'm just having a great day. So he just happens to sit next to me with the briefcase, and I'm like, what is this? This the, you know, the black Trump? Like, who is this guy, man? You the know, black <laughs> Trump. Back, this is a different era. Back then, right, he, right. Was, he was the real estate right, guy. You, you can say that. <laughs> So he comes over and says, hey, brother, I got to show you something. And he whips out a check for $10,000. I'm like, what the heck? I was like, did you rob a bank? How'd you right. get that money? He said, man, it's that real estate. I'm telling you, you got to get into real estate. And so he had just had a closing. He was working at Century 21 part time. Yep. And had just had a closing and made $10,000 selling a, like a triple decker back then. Right. And uh, I was like, wow. And at the time, I was only making like 30 grand a year. So right. So I'm like, you just made a third of our salary in one deal. No wonder you look like that. You right, know what I mean? Right, and, uh, he went out and blew it on suits and shoes <laughs> right, <baby. laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it it's, it, <laughs> it was One amazing. of those things which just kind of blew my mind that you can make that kind of money in one transaction cuz I'd never seen that before. And uh he had kind of started mentoring me and telling so me So what about year is this? Agent. That was 2003.
0: Okay. Yeah, that was 2003. So you're in your in the 20th year yeah. now. You're in the Correct. 20th year in real estate. Correct. You okay. got it. You yeah, got yeah, it yeah. So yeah. so this guy starts mentoring you. Correct. What's his
1: name? Afru Root Brown. He's actually one of my agents now as well, under my license. Is he but, really? But he, he's, a, he's an investor, big time. Like, he owns yeah. a lot. And that was kind of where he was mentoring me along. That would just happened to be a sale he did. Yeah. And then he and his mom had bought a bunch of stuff in the early 90s, the two of them, when he got out of college in 99. Okay. Late 90s. I went into college in 99. So he had me by about four years. Yeah. But, um, they started selling because his mentor said by 05, start selling. And 06, uh, I, well, I, I bought my first one in 03. 0- three right after kind of working with him and talking him down in Taunton, and and, um you know i he told me he's like rob you shouldn't buy that house and he was right and he told me when to sell it and i didn't sell but he had sold all his stuff and and cashed out his mom made a killing yeah yeah on the first one but it you know you live and learn but there's another
0: great nudge right so he gets you into real estate so your first deal was in Taunton, you said first first acquisition it didn't go well
1: didn't go well man honestly i got caught up in the crash yeah the very first one it was a two-family House was okay, but it had an adjustable rate mortgage. I was making good money for the first, like, three, four years, you know, making, like, 400 bucks a month. In my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, you right. know, it's exactly. passive income. Yep. I was going to always appreciate I could refi, and I got caught in the end, couldn't refi out. I had to end up letting it go. Yeah, I just walked away from it. Well, it's amazing, yeah. right?
0: <clears throat> you know, you're now a very successful uh, real estate uh professional but yep. everybody seems to have those stories right the right. one that either you li- and but you know what do they I always say the the best lessons are always the most expensive 100 right so you, yeah. pay, you know you could go to you know and you're doing an incredible job now of educating people that want to get into real estate but right. there's no better educator than the business itself
1: 100 right yeah. you could yeah. sit
0: in front of somebody and you could tell them all these things and maybe they retain half of it and maybe they write down the other half and but the only real educator is to get into a deal and do a deal, right? And you hope, hope, hope that, one, you have a good mentor, which you did.
1: I just didn't listen. And, and then,
0: <laughs> But that was the second thing I was going to say. And then, two, you hope that you listen. Correct. Right? Because yeah, if you don't yeah. listen, you, yep. you, then you get you, – people think they're smarter than than, than the, their mentor or someone that's been down the road that's paid for that education. Because I guarantee if, if you ask Farouk, he'd say, I know because – I did a deal in 1984 or whatever, or right. my mom did a deal, and she got yep. smoked. Um, so, it. so you know, if you're out there and you have a mentor, listen to your mentor. And okay, I, that's tell,
1: I, I tell everybody Respect this.
0: your elders, too. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm I, your I, elder, I, so you better respect <laughs> me.
1: You love it I, I <laughs> you know.
0: By a couple of years. Yeah, but I got you. <laughs> One day, it doesn't matter. One Respect your elders. Remember There that. you go, man. <laughs>
1: no, I, you know, I, and I always tell, like, new investors, right, intelligence is overrated. Because especially when it comes to engaging in something you've never done before. Yep. You know, it's only risky if you've never done it. That's a quote. I think Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger, one of those guys, yeah. they, you know, they, they, they're known for saying that. That's a great and, quote. And because of that, I, I tell folks, like, you can be the smartest person out here, but if you haven't done it before and you don't have the skills in this arena, you know, you've, you've got to trust someone who's done it before and they will show you the way, you know, but if you try to use your intelligence, it will fail you. You might guess and be right. You might get lucky, but why leave it to chance? When there's a clear pathway to success.
0: Well, I mean, and, and I mean, I, I like to equate everything to sports, right? And and mostly to hockey. But I mean, think about it: if you you could be the best goalie in hockey, and then you go try to play center, right. and you're going to fall on <laughs> <in> your face, <laughs> right. right? You could be the smartest scientist in the world. You yep. try to come over to real estate, you know, you're going to fall on your face.
1: Fish out of water. You you yep. could
0: be the great. You could be the black Trump, right? Right? And you try to <laughs> no. go do go do be a scientist, right? You're gonna fall on your face because you're super smart, but you're not smart in that arena, right? Yep. Um, so that's that's just a great, you know, great piece of advice. Like, don't j- just because you're smart doesn't mean you're gonna be successful. Right? Learn from somebody that's smart in the field that
1: you're trying to be, a, you know, be a pro in. Right? At the end of the day, that's it, Dan. Yeah, real intelligence is understanding that you don't know it all. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. have <laughs> no, gotta
0: know what you don't know. Yes, right. Yep. Um. So that's in so so how long do you sort of run the parallels of stop and shop and the real estate
1: so i'll thing? tell you what happened so i bought my i was 23 and i bought my first house in 04 um and that was going all right but i i just started getting really really fed up with uh just the whole structure of the company things changed, you know the, the ceo changed so the culture changed and yeah the boss that i had at the time was was very tough he was old school I call him a dinosaur, a great guy, but he just was sitting his ways, you know, yeah. and so there was no flexibility, and I just felt like I was in a box. So um, I ended up getting my real estate license in 05, a year after I bought my first house, primarily because the agent who represented me on my first transaction was so bad, guys. <laughs> like, it was horrible, <laughs> yet she got a check for 15000 So right. as, far as I saw my buddy Fruit make ten, this lady's making fifteen for horrible service. I'm like, listen, if I can do half as good a job as she does, which I know I can, I'm, yeah, I'm going to kill it in real estate right, as an agent. And right. so that got me going. Another great yeah, nudge in life. Yeah, right? correct. I saw that. I'm like, what? She made that much? You know, she so stunk I, at this. And she was horrible, <laughs> right? So um, I got my license, and I was moonlighting as an agent, and I just started being like the, the real estate prophet. I'm out here telling you, you got to get into real estate. This is the time. And I, I got a lot of my friends into real estate at the time, and okay. I helped them get their first houses. And during that era, guys, you know we remember like the loans would just—it e- was easy money. Uh, Everybody qualified, it away. right? You're giving so it away. My first year, I was working for a small real estate office in Braintree. I was the number one sales guy, right? Yeah. I, I had my best month. I had brought in forty grand into the company as a young, you know, kid. Right. Work making thirty-six thousand a year at that time. I had a little raise, but like right. I had made more real estate. You know, I brought in more in real estate than I did. At for, the whole year, for, the for the whole, whole year. For the whole year, right? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. That I did work in there, and uh, so. like, Kind of fast forward to 2008, just had a really rough day that day with the boss. It was just like, uh, and, and it's funny, like all these experiences that I never thought it was like negative experiences that pushed yeah. me yeah. kind of to, to move in a different direction. So I, I came home fed up at, from work, just had a rough day with my boss and, and kind of what was going on at the company. And I told my wife, I'm done. Like, I'm just fed up with this. She was like, well, if you're so frustrated, mad, go find a job. Yeah, do something about it. Do something about it. Which I love. I think you've told me that
0: story before, which (laughs) I love that. She was like, go do some (laughs) stuff. Correct. Stop
1: just sitting here, clamoring, (laughs) and being a baby. Go do something. So I, I went on Craigslist. That day and started looking for jobs. And you know, again, who goes on Craigslist? You know, back in the day it was it was different, right? The internet was still kind of young. Yeah, murderers, murderers right? go on. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like Craigslist has yeah, a bad creepy rap. Creepy murderers go <laughs> on Craigslist, yeah. But I, I I went on there and it was an ad for a Dorchester real estate specialist. Never forget it. That's what they were looking for. Who better than me? Born and raised in right. Dorchester, I was already selling houses in Dorchester and I was a new construction company looking for someone to basically sell all of the new construction they were building. Uh, over on Norfolk Street. So I, I went, I interviewed. They were interviewing like five or six people. Yeah. Well, what I had done the night before, because I really wanted that job. I was like, yeah. I got to get the this hell out like of This is like perfect man. for me. This yeah, is, so the, yeah. Stop Show was great. I met a lot of great people and mentors for that business and people I still talk to, to today, but I really wanted to be in real estate. So no knock against them. And they gave me a great opportunity. Sure. But um, it, it was, I was just, it was time. And so I prepared an entire presentation. I stayed up till like two in the morning, three in the morning, uh, called out of work sick, Prepared this presentation for these guys of all my sales and my expertise and the Dorchester market and all of that. And all these other guys are just walking in the interview, like, right. you, know, go, you know, on the fly, like right, typical right, right, stuff. Right, right. But I'm yeah. like, no, nah, I'm going to I'm going to knock these guys socks off. And I got the job. He called me like within an hour. Like, you're hired.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Because no no one I else did that. that. I mean, that's just great. Isn't yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you put the time in you. But you I wanted did. something. You put the work into it. Correct. And that and that launches you. Right to, on, under the trajectory that that went, I'm here now. Yeah, and
1: and so what happened with that company is the the founder um, Eric Gilland. He, he was a, a commercial banker. He had actually funded a lot of the original uh, uh, hotels in the seaport. He was okay. a finance guy, yeah, um, real estate commercial lender, and the money he used to launch his new construction company. That's how he made it. Got uh it. So I was able to kind of work with him, and and as you know, it was 2008, right before the crash. So it yep. was horrible timing. Yeah. So real what it, bad. What happened? They one of the partners was three partners, cleaned out the bank account and took off and oh, and, and went to North Carolina. They didn't find them for like five years, but they caught up with them. Um. So we they had to restart, refinance, and try to figure things out. But by the end of the year, there were no sales happening. So we had to transition to rentals. And the partner who left was a GC. And so they were like, Rob, we trust you. You're going to, you know, we know you're there every day. Can you just kind of start overseeing the project for us as you bring in these new guys to finish? You mean like the the uh, construction projects? Correct. Because it was a 21 unit we had. We had a nine unit we had to close out um, in, both in Dorchester. Yeah. Um, we had some stuff up in Gloucester. We had some stuff down in Florida. We had some stuff in New Hampshire. We had some stuff in Worcester. Okay. So all day for like two years, I'm just going to these projects. I'm dealing with these contractors. I'm dealing with the, the finance What guys. an education. Trust me, I just got thrown in there. Yeah. And, and uh, I learned so much during that. And that was really the catalyst that really is is embodies everything I do now. Yeah. It was because of my experience working with him and having him mentor me because by 2010, it all kind of crashed, and you know, a lot of loan workout specialists came in, but the portfolio kind of fell apart. Yeah. And um, he went back to commercial lender lending and brought me with him. Okay. And so that was how I really learned commercial financing. And then Hard Money was kind of like What's on What's this side. guy's name? His name's Eric, Eric Gilliland. Jeez, yeah.
0: He's a big, a big nudge in your oh, life. Oh,
1: huge, huge, huge. Yeah, forever grateful. Forever yeah, grateful. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I know he's a commercial banker still. Got um, it. Just kind of doing his thing on, in that lane now. But yeah, no, he was a huge, huge influence for me. And, uh, Really, like I said, taught me how to how to look at real estate from a different view. I mean, the clients that he had, guys, at that time, were like literally billionaires, we were working on like these guys you read about in Forbes. Yeah. Trying to refinance <laughs> a 300 unit portfolio down in Florida. Right. And the issue during that era was that those guys were too big. Yeah, the banks. You know, we would I'd be talking to these presidents of these banks down there, and they'd say, if we lend with this guy and he defaults, we're done. We're done. They, yeah. the, the bank will fail. So, yeah. like, we talk to a VP first and tell him who the client was. They get all excited. Yeah. Then when they go to the president, every yeah. time too so, big, too big, exactly. Yeah. yeah, too big. So that was kind of like a, a you know a tough thing you know during just that era. But um, again, I, I'm forever grateful to Eric and I. So I how long so were you with him? I was with him for like three years. Okay. Yeah. And then he went back to kind of working as a, a bank manager, commercial, yeah. commercial He, commercial went, yeah, he and, p- and I was on my own, man. So I, I had actually started my first fix and flip in 09. Um, and then 2010, we started going. And by 2011, when he Eric and I, you know, he kind of went back to what he was doing just on the lending side on his own. Um, I, I was on my own. And, and you, nah.
0: at that point, you were just doing fix and flips.
1: Just, just doing fix and flips. Still had the brokerage. I never yeah. had shut my brokerage down, so it was so, able to still make some and money.
0: And so, two thousand oh, is eleven. Yeah. So yep. you've got at least one kid at this point. I had two two, two kids two at this kids point. At that point, yes. Just making yep. money on. You have your brokerage.
1: Yep, making some money on the brokerage. And the, I'll be honest, the fix and flips carried us through that time. Yeah, yeah, it really did. That, well, that's I, what that, it was. so that
0: was about when I started. So I opened my i I opened my own firm in two thousand nine with a focus on actually with a focus on loan workouts and loan modifications and all that right? short sales doing all that yeah. negotiations with the banks, which turned into relationships with the with the loan officers. So I started doing all closings. But at the same time, right around 2011 is when I started doing fix and flips. And that carried me for probably four or five years, Correct. up until when we really opened the doors here in 2015.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, we we went strong. So 2011, 2012, 2013, I had a partner he and I split and then from there, by like 2013 to 2015, I was just kind of brokering deals yeah. and wholesaling and stuff. And then, by 2015, my wife and I took over the business. Okay. And that's really when we got. And going. where did you meet your wife? I met my wife at Stop and Shop. Dan. <laughs> no way. You can never go to another grocery store. The
0: rest of your, if you're not shopping at Stop and Shop, then shame on you, Robert, because you and you yeah. should be paying double. <laughs>
1: Right. In, invaluable. Oh, invaluable, my God. man. Priceless, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, she was working as a business analyst, and I was working in uh, procurement, in corporate, and uh, we had met just through mutual connections in the company.
0: So yeah. at stop and shop, that's amazing. Shop. You left that you out. It. I can't believe you left that out. <laughs> yeah, We're talking no. about Farouk <laughs> and your bad bosses, and, listen, and you I don't knew, even I mention I knew, your wife. All right, okay. I knew it was fair, fair and, I,
1: and I thought you knew that already. Actually, yeah. I probably did, but my, <laughs> yeah. you know, I have thousands and thousands of. The audience, of the of audience has to know. We gotta, we gotta tell them. <laughs> yeah, Inquiry my minds sister's know. dying to know. Actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's so you meet. So now in two thousand. So, how old is your youngest?
1: My youngest now at that time now well, right now, now is uh she just turned 9 yesterday. All
0: right, so this yeah. is right around so she was born in 14.
1: She was born in 14, you Yeah, got it. so yeah. so in
0: 2015, 2016, yep. you've got four kids. I have
1: four now, yeah. Exactly. Somewhere
0: in the ages of what? 7 just to born, born?
1: Yeah, just born up to 7 I think. Yeah. Yeah, 6 yeah. or 7?
0: Yeah. Um and what at that point you now you're doing you've got fix and flips going on. Yes. You've got the brokerage going on.
1: You get into lending. Yeah, you know, lending was always there, Dan, right? Like I kind of took it for granted, like just my understanding of commercial lending. I just, in my mind, I I was never in any other environment with investors or people in real estate. So I just thought everybody knew that stuff. Yeah, (laughs) You know what I mean? And they don't. Yeah, every investor knows this. And one of my agents now, he actually works for a large uh, national commercial lender and we have conversations now and he's just like, Rob, how did you learn all this stuff? Because, yeah. you know, we talk about what he's working on sure. and I kind of advise him and mentor him in some capacity on certain things.
0: Giving it back. I Correct. like that. And little little yeah. reverse nudge. We right. call that a reverse nudge. There we go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and, and I told him, you know, the story, like how I learned and was trained. And, and he's like, that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's not, you know, most investors don't kind of have the depth on the commercial right. lending side. Right.
0: And that's, that's you know, that's, you know, it's what's interesting to to me about you is that you have an understanding of a deal from every angle, whether it's, you know, the real estate brokerage angle, the lending angle, the actual doing of the deal, right? Undoing a bad deal. Like you've kind of done it all over the last, I don't know, 20, well, 20, 20 years. We figured that yeah, out, right? Yeah. 20 Even years.
1: Even on the construction side, like yeah. all of that, like I just, I've been on site, like literally, especially during like 2015, 16, when my brokerage was kind of okay, but, you know, I, I really was in the in the flipping, yeah. I was on job sites every single day, like yeah. cracking the whip, making sure things are getting done. One crew slowing something down, I'm bringing in another crew to motivate them. Right. Like, oh, you you guys are you know, supposed to do that. Like carpenters on the outside and inside, they had the whole job. Just take it away. Like, no, you guys are still working in here? No problem. I got another guy coming outside. Right, 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 right,
0: right, right. You know, right, right. and,
1: it, and, it, and it, it motivates these guys. Yeah, because like, it's yeah. money. It's money that they lost. That's right. And, and that they were yep. counting on. Correct, but correct. But,
0: you know, what always happens is, right, they get the contract and then they, they're they always chasing the next deal, the next job because they have to right i exactly. mean they got to feed their families
1: yep but, but then they start keep them honest, they man. start
0: borrowing time not necessarily money but they borrow time right oh instead of sending three guys i'm only going to send two guys because i'm going to send a guy over here to start that job to prep that right so that they there's no downtime which is a hard that's a hard hard management for them right because they don't have enough guys to really run two jobs but they got to keep kind of two jobs
1: Correct. At, at a certain stage. Yeah. To keep, keep the money flow. Yes. Yeah. So, but
0: in. but then it affects your it affects, bottom line exactly. or, the, or the investor's bottom line, which then delays, you know, how long it takes to get the job done, which the lender gets all mad right now, because now when you need an extension and that costs you more money. Right. So it's just, you know, the the the, the, rea- the reality of the time, how much how time affects the profit at the end of the deal.
1: It's right. re- I mean, time's the most valuable thing. It is, Dan. No, and and that, you know, where I, 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 especially when I was younger, where I really learned the construction, and I got to give credit to another guy who gave me a huge nudge there was an, an architect named Chino Cernivasa. Unbelievable don't, names. Don't, don't try to see. I say know it. guys <laughs> like Bill Smith. <laughs> right?
0: Oh, my nudge
1: came from John uh Franklin. Right? Uh, Spot on.
0: <laughs>
1: like I, I yeah. got, his like what <laughs> Don't try to see. Chino Cernivasa, this guy was an amazing Chino. engineer and architect. He was both. Smart. He had both stamps. Like he, he would design, but he all these projects these guys I was working with were doing, he was a guy, God rest his soul, he passed away about five or six years yeah. ago, but as part of my journey working with the, the new construction company i'd literally spend hours and days in his office in stoughton going through plans just kind of kind of learning all right why how do you look at these plans how do you read this how do you do this how do you do that right so like for for months for years literally and i would go i wouldn't be there every day but the days i would go i'd be there for hours yeah you know so talk about an that, education trust me yeah and th- that really opened my eyes to the structural components of a job the engineering side he wasn't the best designer, yeah. you know, and so that's where my wife kind of fills that gap. You know, she, she was trained in, in high-end design yep. when she was in college. She actually worked for a high-end furniture store called Bold Concept out of Europe. Yep. They sent her back and forth here and there, Europe and United States, to learn, you know, how to design these homes and, and you know, service these high-end uh, clients. That yeah, yeah. In. So it was kind of, a, a, you know, a, a nice mix of all of it coming together, man.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. it's, and, and now you've got, uh, you've got a... a a brokerage that's cranking you obviously would do a great job here at crowd lending i constantly see the fix and flips that you're doing uh social media presence is is spot on trying
1: man trying to trying to level it up you got the 23
0: he's got the hat right i don't know how i feel about the hat being worn (laughs) on my set that's to be it's discussed all, listen, later
1: any loans that come in it's all coming back to crowd Everyone that's knows right. i'm a crowd lending you're right on linkedin it's funny people see that first you're like yeah. they see crowd lending do it, they really it, yeah yeah No know people especially when they look for hard money lenders on there yeah, i'm getting a ton of folks finding me on linkedin now well,
0: good that's what we want to hear that's yeah. what we want to yeah, hear definitely uh well robert we could probably talk forever uh i really appreciate you coming on uh i think it was it was great to hear sort of the path that you know uh you don't necessarily have to get into real estate on day one, right. but there are nudges that lead you to real estate or lead you to whatever whatever it is. And if you can recognize those nudges and, and talk about them,
1: I think it's helpful. It is, man. Turning points. Those nudges are turning points in your life. And I always reflect on that, right? I, I'm like, when did things kind of go in a, in a given direction? So, and so, you can pinpoint a person or an event that led to each step of the way. So I have,
0: I sometimes when I'm, if sometimes you get into a situation, right? And you, I always make a joke like, How did I end up here, right? But if you, if you, and I say it jokingly, like something's crazy's going on. It's like Jesus. How did I end up right here with all (laughs) on the other side, right? right All this nonsense going on (laughs) around me. But if you sat, you know, if you sit down, and 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 that's what this podcast is about. Like, let's sit down and figure out how did you get here, right? And what I've taken, what I've in talking to my many, 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 many listeners that call me all the time with my fan (laughs) mail and all that stuff is they love to hear that there's not one path to success so true right there's a million different ways to get there it doesn't have to be you know dexter to harvard to business school right it can be it can be whatever it could be a public school it could be iebw you know know, if you're a union worker if you go to work at stop and shop and you're working your way up that ladder and then something happens so I think it's just wonderful to hear how different people end up in different locations. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Uh, We're going to have to have you come back on because I want to hear how uh, your son's soccer, Tito. (laughs) Good, right?
1: You got it. Nicely done. I want to see how
0: his soccer career ends. Uh, So, Robert Nichols, thank you very much. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. Uh, Everybody out there, as you know, if you need anything, just give me a call because everybody needs a nudge. Thanks, Robert. Love it. Thanks, man. You got it.